big star out of me. Make a film about a man who's sad and lonely. And all I gotta do is act naturally. Well, I'll bet you I'm gonna be a big star. Might win an Oscar, you can never tell. The movie's gonna make me a big star. Welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II, hanging out with uh, my good buddy over there beside Camera One, uh, Nellie Olson. Nellie, welcome. Wait a minute. Good to Is see. that from Little House? <laughs> I hated that show. And well, I especially hated her. Thanks, man. <laughs> Glad to be here, too. Well, if Nellie Olson were a guy, that would be you. So there you well, go. That's a terrible thing. <laughs> now, you could compare my hair when it's, you know, when the humidity yes. kicks in. Yeah. But even that's an insult. Okay. Well, Nellie, I apologize that Happy I Valentine's. insulted you, and I apologize that I insulted you. You're apologizing Mr. to her. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Mr. Greg Tillman over there. I uh, appreciate Greg being here. And over to my right, uh, the Critics' Choice Scholar, Christian. Jessup. Howdy. Christian, how are you, man? Pretty good. I'm always looking forward to see what, what name you have for Greg each I week. Know. So it's, it's That's always, always the different. mystery of the week. So. It's always different. We also have uh, back in the uh, studio when uh, the ground, ground zero Tim Cam, we got the Tim Cam, we got Catherine Manning back there, we've also got uh, Miranda, the intern, back there. Is that the official name, Miranda, the intern? Uh, sure. <laughs> sure, that's, that's it. It is now. Tim, Tim, good to see you. I'm uh, glad you got the uh, yellow pad. Uh, we're looking for those notes that you're going to be sharing with us a He's little bit later. He's taking notes. He's taking notes. There he is, got his pen, <laughs> taking notes. Uh, make sure you share the resignation letter. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've never seen this show before, <laughs> we do talk movies uh, and other uh, nonsensical related items. Uh, spell that word. That's the spelling bee word of the week. Nonsensical. Christian, spell nonsense. No, I'm not going to ask. Can you I get again. a definition, please? <laughs> <laughs> the word of uh, the uh, the country of origin uh, is uh, Tasmania. Nonsensical. Uh, use that in the sentence. Greg is mostly nonsensical, except on Thursdays. How is that for, does that work? I good? I don't even know what it means. Okay. Sure. Well, I'll go I, well you didn't ask for a definition, so uh, we're not going to worry about that. But that is the spelling bee word of the week, so. Uh, certainly, certainly works to apply it for the day. It, it really does. And for the show. S-I-I don't Yeah, and if you do want to email us the correct uh, spelling of that, that email address is. Info. N-O-N-S-E. -E, no, it's nonsense. <laughs> Info at c19.tv. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I do appreciate you guys spending time with us. We are talking movies. We've got a lot to talk about uh, today, including uh, Alfred Hitchcock films. Uh, hopefully, we're going to talk about Reese Witherspoon. And if we get a, get a chance, we'll talk about uh, some movies to remind you that, yes, it, it still is winter. But first, let's talk about this crazy thing that Netflix did. Um, anybody watched the Super Bowl uh, this past week? Got a chance to see Netflix release a movie that was going to be released in theaters uh, immediately following the Super Bowl. Uh, pretty brilliant campaigning to yeah. do something like this. Great um, marketing idea. Great marketing idea. Uh, something I've never seen done before. No. Um, anybody who's watched J.J. Abrams may be familiar with the Cloverfield films. Um, you've got Cloverfield, you've got 10 Cloverfield Lane, and now you've got the Cloverfield Paradox, which originally was going to be released in theaters in April, around the first part of April, and uh, they decided to change the game up a little bit. I've got my reasons why I think they did that. But let's, uh, let's get your thoughts on what did this surprise you? Who wants to dive in and talk about this, uh, this kind of shock? Well, I think it surprised everyone. Uh, no one saw it. I, mean, I, I knew there was something out there. Like you said, I thought it was coming later in the spring or early summer. 
and then I saw the spot, and I thought, whoa, I didn't stay up. You stayed up and watched yes. it, right? Yes. So you're sleep deprived. Today, oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I on the other hand, watched it at work today at my desk. <laughs> well, I don't know if I can. Can I say I watch Netflix? Like, it's it part of the show. It's, it's part, part of the show. Of the show. <laughs> this is part of my job. To, and then yeah, Christian, that's my excuse. Christian also watched it after mm-hmm. the Super Bowl, so we both yeah. watched it. We were we were pretty sleep deprived yeah. and watched it. But uh, I'd been following calls. I. I knew that they were coming out with another one because as soon as 10 Cloverfield Lane came out, I was like, oh, I want to see another one of these. And, like, there had been talks for several years about it. And then, like, I kept seeing that, like, it was supposed to come out in April. And I was like, I've literally heard nothing about right. this movie coming out. And so then the Super Bowl ad dropped. And I was like, well, cool, it's going to be on Netflix. And then a second one dropped in the fourth quarter. And I was like, wait, it's out there, like, now? Yeah. And so it was really interesting. And all the Cloverfield movies have done something a little different with their marketing. And it was cool to see what they did this time. Yeah. So did the movie drop right as the... They went to the next program or when Brady sulked off the field? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't know. I know they said as soon as the game was over was when they were going to drop it. So I'm not Mm -hmm. sure what the time frame was. But um, as soon as they had the first trailer, I went and looked. And it said, you know, coming after the big game. And so I went back not long after the – I watched the trophy presentation. And then I Mm -hmm. I went and it was already available. so, yeah, really interesting what they decided to do. I think the reason, I'll go ahead and tell you why I think the reason they decided to go, not to theaters, but to Netflix, is because the last two space dramas that were, were kind of big-name space dramas did not succeed mm-hmm. well at the box office. Um, Life was one of those. Right. Um, it brought in $38 million. And then Passengers uh, brought in $100 million, which was okay, but it didn't make its money back here. And so I think maybe they said, you know. Well, even if you want to look at Alien Covenant. Well, Alien Covenant, yeah, but it's, you know, that was one that, uh, was that a space drama? I guess it well, was, yeah. So, uh, unless you're kind of the Star Wars kind of films or the Star Trek kind of films, uh, you're not having as much success with these space dramas. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's why they said, let's go a different route. Do you have a feel- different yeah, feeling? Yeah, but you know, it all starts with the script. Yeah. If, the, if life had a better script, if Passengers okay. had a better script, and maybe better marketing, you okay. know, uh, People find good films. Okay. Usually, I think. All right. Well, let's let's talk about this movie. Uh, who wants to give a storyline on this? I don't have a clue what this. Story okay. Is. I mean, I've got like a brief, right, one a, brief, two a brief one or two sentences. one or two sentences. So line. basically, uh, Cloverfield tell, uh, the Cloverfield paradox tells the story of a crew in space attempting to save a energy crisis that humanity is facing in the near future, and so they're testing this particle accelerator to try and fix the energy crisis. And then once the uh, accelerator experiment kind of goes awry, then they face some pretty pretty weird circumstances, yeah. I guess you could say. Yeah, weird circumstances all across the board. Don't you think it was a little bit of a patchwork of a lot of things? Yeah, yeah. And Event I, Horizon, Solaris. Even Life. Uh, sunrise, what, I think. Sunshine. Life. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I threw in some other ones. I said Apollo 13 meets Fringe. Because you had got to throw a fringe in there. was a scene there. that was very reminiscent of Alien. Uh, Alien, absolutely. Uh, a little bit of gravity thrown in. And, yeah. and there was also uh, a nod to Sam Raimi um, in the living, uh, the uh, the Evil Dead films. <laughs> with, uh, there's, there's a, we'll just say that there is a, um, an arm that's missing an that shows up. Yeah. And uh, if anybody's seen any of the Sam Raimi films. The last before. time I remember seeing it, it's like sitting in the corner doing this, <laughs> which I thought was funny. But it reminded me of a thing on uh, the Addams Family. Oh, the Addams Family. Yeah, yeah the yeah. Addams Family. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's uh, yeah, what I like about these films, I'm not saying this film in particular, what I like about what the Cloverfield films um, have done is they're standalone. Mm-hmm. You don't have to watch the one before 
to appreciate the next one or right. to, to watch it. They're, they're all standalone. Right. Now, if you've seen the other ones, sure, there are these threads that connect them, mm -hmm. but you don't have to. They're very thin threads, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, they are. They are, but but maybe that's... Abrams I mean, that's, is lost, too, you know, <laughs> and you know how that right. came so, up. Well, it's just such a different feel, I think, because it's so cool to me that you're really getting so many different perspectives of the same story. Right. Um, to, to an extent, you could almost, like, compare it to the gospel where you have like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all telling the story of Christ in the Bible. And in the same way, I feel like this Cloverfield franchise, we're getting the same story, but we're always getting it in a different location, different right. characters, and even a different genre of filmmaking each time. And I mean, that's been really cool for me to see. Yeah. And I'll tell you what I think this would work better as. I think it'll work better as a TV series. Mm. Where I can agree could, with that. Where you could do that. You could look at these different, um, you know, concepts and different kind of episodes of different people experiencing the same thing. The Walking Dead has tried to do that with, with kind of a spinoff that's looking at another whole other set of characters. Mm -hmm. um, and so and I, I don't think, think that it, one's working, but that's another, No, that one's not working. But, but I do think something like this, almost as a, not necessarily an anthology, but you're looking at the, the broader text of this Cloverfield concept, but you're looking at these other characters within different episodes, tying it together. Right. I think that would work better. Right. Um, so what are your thoughts on this? What worked and what didn't work for you? <laughs> Boy, the crickets are just really out there. I thought the characters were somewhat generic. Yeah. Uh, the, the lead character, of course, had a backstory. The others mainly didn't, I don't think. Um, I'd, I'd, what do the worms have to do with anything? How did the gyroscope gyroscope get where it was <laughs> what does it mean i don't know i don't know if it was just there for shock and awe yeah, yeah. did you find relevance or logic to those two instances well personally i i had trouble it it very much felt like you were saying like this hodgepodge of events and i almost felt like since it was a paradox they used that as like their throwaway yep. for for any scene that they wanted to include they can say that it happened because they're in an unusual situation yep and, that, and I mean, that's exactly what it was. I, 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 those things didn't bother me because they, they set it up by going, okay, now our universes are a little twisted. And because they're twisted, so is it we normal can... for the other multiverse to have worms, for people to have worms? <laughs> is that an everyday occurrence uh, for them? I don't... Uh, you know, the, the, the word, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, humans, we get tapeworms occasionally. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I, it's... I haven't, I haven't I'm not sure it was a tapeworm. <laughs> <laughs> are you saying they just had bad fish? <laughs> I will say, yeah, that bad sushi. Um, I, I'll, I'll definitely say I had my problems with it. But watching it as... If this were a film that were just kind of on Netflix and just released for Netflix with that intention, I'd say, yeah, you know what? It was okay for what it was. Mm -hmm. And so my initial rating for it was actually a lot higher. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, nah, it's, 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 you know, it's definitely not one I'm going to go back and revisit again. Um, it is interesting seeing, as you said, um, different genres playing around the whole Cloverfield thing, even if it's loosely tied and the threads are loosely tied. Um, they are connected. And sometimes they don't have to be completely connected with, you know, in your face, the, you know, the, the big billboards or, the, right. you know, the big placards or a big, you know, flashing sign that says, I'm a Cloverfield movie, I'm a Cloverfield movie. Right. Um, but I, I, ultimately, my, my, my revised rating for this was like a C plus. It was, um, I thought it was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't horrible. I'm glad I saw it. There were some interesting things, but it's not one that I can highly, highly recommend to a lot of people. Hey, who's the guy with the arm? 
The arm, I mean, I know most guys have arms, yeah, but you know uh, what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have the cast I listing. like him a lot. Yeah. I've seen him in three or four things. First, I think in Bridesmaids a few years back. He's just a very likable guy. Yeah, you'll see a lot of faces you'll recognize, that's for yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. What's your rating? My rating was actually a C plus. So okay. you and I were on the same page yep. here. D um, plus? C, C plus. C plus. Okay. Um, and I, I would like to point out, I really liked the music by Bear McCreary. He yeah. did 10 Cloverfield Lane, so yeah. he's been in this franchise, but he also did Battlestar Galactica. He also does Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. Walking well. Dead, yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., if you've watched that yep. show any. Um, so he's starting to make a name for himself, and the music was really good. I said that it was like this blend of Interstellar and Gravity combined. Mm -hmm. um, really good tension music. Sound design was really mm -hmm. solid as well mm -hmm. in this. I thought the effects were okay. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd read uh, something this morning, how they were talking about the cheesy effects uh, were so I, I I thought they were serviceable. To me, the only, there was only one, one effect that I would call a cheesy effect, and I'm not going to give anything away, but it was the, uh, the ship was kind of... Uh, Molding with a character, yeah, mm. um, and uh, was kind of taking over a character's face and body, and that was a little, little cheesy, right? And and that was kind of like what Sam Raimi used to do with some of his films, mm -hmm. and that was kind of a throwback to that, I think. So, what was your rating for this? I'd probably go with a C. C. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good deal. Uh, so that movie is called The Cloverfield Paradox. It is available on Netflix now. Well, we've got, uh, got a little bit of time for the break. Let's, uh, let's go to um, Reviews from the Vault. This is a, a new segment that we're going to be doing. We've got like uh, the graphic. That's I a cool graphic. I like that. Yeah, Views from the Vault. Uh, we've got Christian uh, going to talk about uh, a film from Hitchcock, and we're going to bring Catherine out to talk about Hitchcock as well uh, just after the break. So uh, Hitchcock's a really interesting character, um, a classic legendary filmmaker, and uh, does he hold up, and do his films hold up, is, is something to kind of talk about to the 20-somethings out there. So, Christian, you got a chance to check out North by Northwest. So That's give right. So uh, give us your thoughts and takes on this film. Yeah, so North by Northwest, just in case you haven't seen it, is a film just about this average businessman that's mistaken for a government agent. And so he gets kidnapped by another secret agency, and he's chased around, he's shot at, attacked, he's framed for a murder. And so just the entire film is about him trying to figure out why was I mistaken for this person and what are these people actually after. And so it was a really fun film. And I, I've mentioned before, to me, it felt like the first James Bond film because this came out in 59 before any of the Bond films. Yeah. And yeah. it really just had this like cool spy thriller kind of feel to it because he's an action hero, but he's also got this mystery about him. He's trying to solve the case of what's going on here. You've, of course, got the romance mm -hmm. plot that's always involved. And I'm really impressed, and I definitely say that Hitchcock holds up in this instance. Okay, the so, effects, uh, everything. Um, shot selections, mm -hmm. the, uh, the, the Mount Rushmore scene is the one that, is, that everyone just continues to talk about. And the bop. Oh, yeah, and the plane. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, time and time again, those are the things that people talk about. So you felt those were pretty, pretty amazing shots. Yeah, and I think that you have to give all the credit to Hitchcock and his cinematographer as well because... I think Hitchcock shows you just as much as you need to know. And I think, especially during this time, filmmakers might have made the mistake of trying to show you too much. Um, now we live in an age where you can show whatever you want. With CGI, really, you can show any effect, any, any shot you yeah. want. But at that time, you couldn't. And I think that Hitchcock had the wonderful vision to be able to see exactly what shot would look the most realistic yeah. without giving away so much that you would say, oh, that, that doesn't look like it's actually happening. Right. All right. Uh, so what rating would you give uh, this film? I gave it a B plus. It All holds right. up really well. All right. North by Northwest, a B plus, holding up very well to the 20-somethings out there. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with, uh, with Pa Ingle over there. we got the Tim Cam uh, back there <laughs> in the background. Uh, Catherine's going to step up and come around. Christian, 
Thanks for hanging out with us uh, this part of the show. We're going to send, send you back there and let you hang out with Miranda and Tim. They're going to put me in the movies. They're going to make a big star out of me. Welcome back to Meet Me in the Movies. I think the heat is turned up to 128 degrees plus in here. These lights are hot. You don't have the flu, do you? I don't I'm have the flu. If... No, I don't have the flu. I am Noel T. Main the second. That is Greg Tillman. No, that is not Nellie Olson. Um, but it could be. Thanks for explaining. You're welcome. You're welcome. We are Fire happy to have you. Catherine Manning to my right. Hello, Catherine. How are Hello. you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Welcome back. We're glad to have you back. I know last week you were doing scholarly stuff, so you were not joining, uh, hanging out with us. Uh, you and Christian both uh, checked out uh, Alfred Hitchcock films. Mm -hmm. uh, he took out. He took on what North by Northwest, and you took on um, Rear Window yes. with uh, with Jimmy Stewart. Uh, let's get your thoughts on this film and and, and share if you thought it held up. Okay. Well, first of all, my grandfather's name was Jimmy Stewart, so I always just associate, you know, yeah. that Jimmy Stewart with my grandpa. <laughs> so it's got to be a good movie. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so this was a 1954 film, um, and it's basically about a man who has like injured himself on his job. He's a photographer for a magazine, and he's injured himself, and he's um, basically bedridden or homeridden for about six or seven weeks. So he's recovering. And he passes the time by staring out the window and observing his neighbors. I mean, as one does, and there's nothing else to do. And, I know I do. Yeah. I mean, I think we all do it. And I've never broken extent. my leg. Well, you know, if you look behind me, you see these windows behind me. I, there, there's many times that Greg's just kind of going looking out that window. So, yeah, it happens. Everyone we, needs a hobby. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but Jimmy Stewart's character does it with a camera. Is that right? He does. He, um, he uses even worse. the lens <laughs> to, yeah. to zoom in and see the, the people. And um, he thinks that he sees possibly something just not right. right. He, and he becomes convinced that his neighbor has murdered his wife. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not right. Yeah, that's not right. So if you think you've seen that, you need to report that. Mm -hmm. So does he report it? And, Kind of <laughs> in his own way. Yeah. He reports it to a friend who kind of calls him crazy. And um, he tells his nurse and his uh, girlfriend. And so, so they kind of begin this amateur sleuthing game. So the, to try the story, to figure the story out. question is really did, did something really happen? Did a murder really take place? Right. And you kind of follow that. Right. So um, did, do you feel this, this film held up and why or why not? I did feel like it held up. Um, it was a little bit slow-paced, and I think yep. that's pretty normal for older movies. Um, it, but it kept my attention because I kept, um, I said that I kept coming up with conspiracy theories. Okay. I kept thinking, well, like, maybe other neighbors are in on it, or maybe this happened, or maybe this happened. So um, it was kind of a guessing game, and I liked that. Um, and I read about how Alfred Hitchcock, basically, he doesn't give you, like, a whodunit story. He basically gives you all the facts and then, you know, lets you kind of take that as you will. Um, and so I think he did that in this movie. So and you, was, you become part of the, you're, you're trying to help answer the, some of the questions yourself. Right, right. Yeah. And so I really enjoyed it. I okay. would give it a B plus. I okay. think it stands up, just like Christian said, with North by Northwest. Okay. So, uh, you know, known for some of his innovative, uh, innovative and creative shots with cinematography, you felt you saw that with this, this film as well? I did. Um, it was really interesting seeing the view from the camera lens. Right, point of view um, shots. And it was also a 
basically just one set. And so to be able to do a movie that captures someone's attention with just one set, I think is pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. I don't know if that's ever been on a stage, but it could be. Oh, it could easily yeah. be a stage. Yeah. I mean, there was a great remake of it with uh, Christopher Reeves. For sure. Yeah. But good movie, B plus mm -hmm. for uh, for Rear Window. Well, Catherine, we had a. Um, also, we we're going to get you to do a uh, movie review of The Peacemaker. You think you could could knock that out? Yeah. This is a documentary uh, that is available now. It's getting a lot of the festival circuits, a lot of talks. So, uh, give us your thoughts on the the Peacemaker or the Peacekeeper. Peacemaker. Peacemaker. This is not the one with George Clooney and Nicole Kidman. No, no, this, that no. was. You know, this is a documentary. <laughs> that was a. That was an action film. So go for it. Well, um, this uh, documentary is um, based on a man's life. Who his name is, Porig O'Malley, and he's uh, a man from Ireland who came over to the states on a Fulbright scholarship when he was about 17, and has been here basically ever since. And um, it follows his life as basically this peace negotiator. Okay. Um, so he's developed this, um, I guess it's kind of a peacekeeping system uh, where he sits down and meets with rivaling countries, um, countries who might be separated by conflict or strife, and he gets um, countries who were formerly in this position to come and sit down with these people and say, well, this is how we got through it, and this is how you wow. can get through it. Um, but it also focuses on the man's personal life. He is an um, alcoholic who has been sober for a couple of years now, but his job is actually what um, kind of fueled his alcoholism. Wow. Because he would sit down with these foreign dignitaries, and they would all just go out for drinks. But it got to the point where he couldn't do his job without having wow. a drink. Wow. Um, so it kind of follows his struggle to find peace in the, for himself in the midst of finding peace for others. Wow, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. It was really, it was very well done, um, really um, well directed and produced. Um, I believe the name, the man's name was James Demo, who okay. is the director and the producer of the film. Um, but it, it followed his, his personal life and his personal struggles. Um, it showed his relationships with people. It gathered different news clips from yeah. different places. So it was really well put together. And also an interesting uh, kind of behind-the-scenes look at what it takes to bring countries together and to talk about uh, challenging questions that, that impact them. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. So what rating are you giving this? Um, I'll give it an A minus. Okay, well, mm -hmm. A minus for the peacemaker that is uh, available out there now, hitting the festival circuits as well. Thanks, Catherine. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, are you interested in seeing that? Uh, yeah, I think so. I like documentaries. Yeah, I thought and, you did. Yeah, the numbers. I mean, the reviews generally have been really positive. What's, yeah. Is it on Rotten Tomatoes? I haven't checked. You know, I don't know. I'm not sure, but not sure. Um, but yeah, give it a shot. Yeah. I, I think I think Tim said it's on Rotten Tomatoes, or he had a Rotten Tomato for lunch. I'm not sure. You got it for lunch. Yeah, okay. All right, thanks, man. I think it's called a Bloody Mary. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's take a look at Take 5. We've got time for Take 5 this week. Um, these are uh, five movies to remind you that, yep, it's still winter. That's right. Uh, you just have back. to step outside for that. <laughs> yeah, well, today, but but earlier, hey, we've, Groundhog said it's still winter for a few weeks. So let's take a, take a step back in time to uh, 1925, the gold rush. With Charlie Chaplin, uh, I've never been so cold as when I watched Chaplin <laughs> in this film. Um, released, uh, it was re-released in 1942, and the re-release actually got Oscar nominations for Best Sound Mixing 
and best original score. That's interesting for a silent. Picture. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so the Gold Rush, uh, definitely a great one to watch. Uh, right. 1949. Uh, this one connects to uh, to my grandfather, Major Earl Reagan. You've heard me talk about him before, but the movie's called Battleground. Uh, really can't watch a war film without thinking about him. Um, this movie is a, a Golden Globe and Oscar-winning film uh, about soldiers battling Nazis, but also battling. Uh, brutal winter during the Battle of the Bulge. Uh, that movie is called Battleground. Also, Dr. Zhivago, one of my mom's favorite movies from 1965, a period piece uh, featuring horse-drawn sleds, a frozen castle, and some very, very chilly scenes in Russia. Uh, you know, I've never seen that. Really? I don't know uh, why. Well, there's one scene in particular about the, this ice castle scene. I've, seen, I've to... seen shots of that because the oh. snow's blown through the... Yeah, yeah. It, it's, 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 it's amazing, amazing yeah. shots, yeah. Uh, Dr. Zhivago. Uh, from 1996, Fargo. Uh, this film reminds me why uh, I don't go to the Dakotas uh, or anywhere in that area. Or near a wood chipper. When I'm a wood chipper uh, during the winter, especially. So watch out for William H. Macy and also reminds me of why I like Francis McDormand so much. And uh, to wrap things up for Take Five, Snow Day from the year 2000. A coming of age family comedy that offers the message that anything can happen on a snow day. And if that weren't enough, Throw in Chevy Chase, Chris Elliott, and uh, Iggy Pop, and hey, you got it all. Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop. Absolutely. That all is right. Snow Day. Well, quote of the week as we are wrapping up this show, as we always like to do. Uh, this does come from the Cloverfield Paradox, uh, just for those that may not want to watch the movie, but want to listen to a quote. You know, bad things are happening, and good people are going to make it better. So there you go. That's it for this week's Meet Me in the Movies. Tim Foster, the Tim Cam, back there. Thank you. Miranda, thank you. Christian Jessup, hanging out, hiding somewhere. Appreciate you as well. Greg, thank you, sir. And mm. Catherine Manning. And for all those out there listening, or for my mom, thank you for watching. Uh, Till next time, I'm Noel Manning. Hi, uh, Mom. That's a wrap. Mm -hmm.